It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. Thanks for joining us once again. Talking BYU sports. Going to be talking a lot of BYU football today. You'll hear from BYU cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford about his uh, position group. He weighs in on what he expects from his guys this coming season with a young up-and-coming group of cornerbacks he really feels like can contribute. You'll hear from him in the second segment. First segment, we'll run down some news and notes from the BYU football program. Uh, High-profile transfer officially enrolled at BYU as we broke on Twitter yesterday. Also need to talk about Lopini Katoa being named to the Doak Walker Award watch list, as well as another offer going out to a local prospect in the defensive backfield at Orem High School. So a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for downloading the show. You can find the show on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Himalaya Podcast app. Please follow along. Give us a good rating and review. It really does help us out. Getting the word out about the podcast really helps with sponsors, etc. So thanks in advance for doing that. And with that, let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 18th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to, and let's start off with the big news coming out yesterday as he broke on Twitter yesterday morning. Uh, Mo Unatoa, transfer from the University of Utah, older brother of Elijah Unatoa, who committed to BYU and signed with him in this past recruiting class, has officially enrolled at BYU for summer term and will be a member of the BYU football program going forward. He will have to sit out the upcoming season per NCAA transfer rules, but he is a member of the of the BYU uh, BYU football program. He'll have two years to play two more seasons as a redshirt sophomore in 2020 when he becomes eligible. But at the very minimum, uh, Mo brings some depth to BYU, and at his top end, could be a starter for BYU if he develops the right way. He's going to have time to get his body really in shape really show what he can do on the scout team this coming season, and he'll be able to participate. Uh, Some kerfuffle out there of people who broke the news. I didn't know this, that apparently Cougar Sports Insider and Jeff Hansen, who's a good friend of mine, had broken the news hours before uh, I announced it on Locked on Cougars. I just was searching the BYU student directory, which is where I get most of my information for transfers, and Mo's name finally popped up, and I went with it. So any uh, dispute on who broke it first, hey, Full credit to Jeff Hansen. Apparently, he was on top of it, and full credit to him at CougarSportsInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, on breaking it. Uh, but I just passed along what I had learned about Mo Unatoa also after confirming with some people that that was the Mo Unatoa who was enrolled on the BYU student directory. So now that's out of the way, like I said, I think Mo Unatoa having two years to play two after joining BYU and sitting out this upcoming season, as I said, is very capable of at least being a backup, but it is top 
end could be a starting tackle for BYU, probably at right tackle, but a good addition for BYU nonetheless. So Mo Unatoa, officially a member of the BYU football program, and congratulations to him. Uh, his brother Elijah will be returning from his mission theoretically in time for Mo's senior season, and we'll see how that plays out as well. So there you go. Some news on that front in front of in, involving Mo Unatoa. Also need to talk about today an honor that it's of course we caught, of course we already talked about watch list season yesterday with Zach Wilson being named to the Maxwell Award watch list. Well, uh, today or yesterday I guess I should say Lopini Katoa has been named as a preseason candidate for the 2019 Doak Walker Award. He's on the watch list for this award. And like I said yesterday, these watch lists involve pretty much everybody unless your name is Zach Moss at the University of Utah. That was kind of interesting thing to see Zach Moss who's one of the top running backs in the country and I don't think I'm going out of bounds saying that not listed on this list but apparently there's uh, some discussion in terms of the school getting him nominated for the award apparently nominations come out from the different football programs for their players so BYU nominated Lopini Katoa for this award and he is on the preseason watch list Um, as we talked about previously pro football focus had had him as one of the best running backs facing eight-man boxes in college football year ago and I really feel like Lopini's got an opportunity here to make it make the position his own of course they brought in the graduate transfers in Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Asupa to really shore up the depth and really help out help bolster BYU's running back position group but Lopini Katoa is getting all these accolades and it really leads me to think that maybe he has a bigger role to play on BYU's team I know that some of the coaching staff believe that Tyson Williams could come in and be BYU's bell cow running back their number one a legit running back in fall camp if he if he showed up in shape etc but I don't think Lopini Katoa plans on just stepping inside and saying yes you please take the bulk of the reps here and I'll just take whatever else is left over I expect that Lopini is going to come into fall camp energized and ready to prove that he's capable of contributing at a high level and I think his nomination to the Doak Walker award watch list definitely helps him in that regard gives him some confidence of course, BYU has one Doak Walker Award winner in their history, and that is Luke Staley. And for a program that was as well known for its quarterbacks as anything else, to have a Doak Walker Award winner in the college, in the Hall of Fame at BYU, that Hall of Honors, still pretty impressive. So, best of luck to Lopini Katoa this year as he tries to really make the running back position group his own and really become that number one running back. He's going to have to overcome injury concerns. That's been the number one thing that has plagued him during his time at BYU is just staying healthy and being available game in and game out. You can't do that. As they say, the best ability is availability, and if he's not available, it's tough to really count on him as being your number one back. And We'll see what happens in fall camp. Guys like Emmanuel Asupa are going to come in looking to make it an imprint because they have one season left alongside Tyson Williams. Guys like Tyler Algier, Sione Finau also have aspirations of really getting some playing time. So the running back position group could be an interesting one to pay attention to this coming fall camp next week's podcast we'll do a little more in depth in terms of uh, fall camp previews we'll talk about different players from different position groups we expect to emerge and some of the storylines entering fall camp so stay tuned for that stuff next week as we count you down towards BYU fall camp the following week it is just a two weeks away we are 42 days away officially six weeks away from BYU and Utah kicking things off the football season underway in Provo on August 20th. 
29th. So it's coming quick, folks, and that's exciting if you're a BYU football fan. All right, we'll step aside here, come back on the other side. You'll hear from BYU cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford. He talks about his cornerback position group, what he expects from this young group. They have one uh, established star in Chris Wilcox, who's coming back off of an injury, but the other guys are all young sophomores and freshmen. They're expected to contribute at a high level this year. What does he think they can do? You'll hear from him next right here on Locked on Cougars. Before we go, though, a reminder for you guys, if you are trying to reach an upscale male audience, then your company should be advertising right here on Locked on Cougars and with the Locked on Podcast Network. To get your company connected with this upscale male audience, email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com or email Locked at LockedOnPodcast.com excuse me, or email Locked at LockedOnPodcast.com not comms, to get more details about increasing your business with Locked on Cougars and the Locked on Podcast Network. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the podcast. Let's get to it. Gennaro Guilford, BYU uh, cornerbacks coach, speaking with the media. I had a chance to speak with him along. I think Sean Walker from KSL.com, who's been a regular contributor here on this podcast, as well as some other media members, met with him at BYU Media Media Day back in June to talk about BYU's cornerbacks. Had some great thoughts on this young group that he expects to really emerge this coming season and help lead BYU's defense. Let's get to it. Here's Gennaro Guilford speaking with the media at BYU Media Day last month. What do you like about your secondary coming back this year, though? Let's start super open. Experience. Experience? Um, we have a lot of guys coming back um, who who were young when we when we first got here, you know. Um, but now they get to be um, extensions of us, so they get to be like coaches on the field. You've got a number of sophomores in Thailand. Was them playing last year part of that whole process? Absolutely. On the field? Yes, yes. And, that, um, and that's, that's, that's kind of how it works, you yeah. know. Um, continue to have guys play play early so by the time they get seniors, they can always teach the younger guys the things that, they, that they've messed up on. Um, I mean, and I was... I was the same way when I was here, you know, as far as playing early, learning, learning from guys that were older than me. So then when it was my turn as I got older to train, train the younger guys. It's Chris Wilcox. He's kind of the first guy that you guys recruited that you've developed. Now he's going into a senior. Is he the poster child for everything you guys think <laughs> can happen? Um, I mean, it goes from, from Chris to Diane and Troy and everybody else. I mean, um, those three actually yeah. came in came in together as, as freshmen, so I had them all as freshmen. Um, and now all of them being seniors, it's um, a privilege to have them all, you know, and have them have them able to teach all the other younger guys and show them show them the right way to do things. Is Chris on track? Um, as far as I know, I mean, it's up to the, the yeah. medical staff. You know, hopefully they can get them right and get them ready. Um, 
So I mean, we, I guess we, I guess we got to kind of kind of wait and see as far as, as far as he goes. Um, but I would I would I would hope he's ready. I would love to have him back. You know. When it came to guys like we've heard about Luke Andrade coming in, how much of an argument was for you because he has pure speed for you to say, hey, can I want him on this side versus the offense where it looks like he's going to end up? Like, how much of a battle was it? Um. I try to steal everybody. Okay. So I guess <laughs> I'm like I'm like the thief of the night. Like you don't you don't want him. Like if he's fast, I'll take him. Okay. And I'll just teach him things. And in a few years, I think he'll be all right. You know. So um, no, but the offense loves him. You know. Um, he he adds a dimension that um, not too many guys have. I mean, he can run. You know. So um, that's something you can't really teach. I mean, you can practice all you want, but Kids, kids just fast, man. So can't teach speed. Right? Yeah, man. I've I've always felt like cornerback was maybe the hardest position to refer to at BYU, just for a number of different reasons. Um, but but it, it seems like you finally like you've got to the point where you're you're you've got good guys coming in, and they took some some lumps, but now they're they're experienced a veteran like that, and you're pulling in some recruits as well that are kind of in that same vein. We obviously won't talk about them, but yeah. but but you're obviously pulling in some guys that are kind of in that same vein. What's sort of your recruiting pitch to get a kid with that speed, that athleticism, you know, those hands, those hands, that kind of thing to get them um, to, to BYU? We have to get um. A mixture of guys. First off, you know, um, we have to get guys with with length and, 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 and speed. Um, guys who are um, under recruited, uh, maybe not fully developed. That certain schools pass on. Um, that we feel that um, with the proper um, nutrition and the proper weight room. Uh, so we have to look at look at kids, especially corners. Look at them two years in advance. You know. Um, Knowing that if we have to play him early, is there's a possibility that um, he could take some lumps, you know. Um, but that's where, as, as coaches, we have to do a good job as uh, as far as protecting him, and, um, putting him in certain certain situations where um, he can thrive. Um, but we have to have long kids who can run. We also have to have kids who who have played corner and, and have, have a high um, IQ for the game, you know. Um, like guys like Shelby, you know. Um, at the same time, he was he was my smallest guy. Um, he wasn't my fastest guy, but he was probably my most productive guy as far as playing corner because he had a high, high football IQ and he's been there before and he, he was a corner his whole life. Don't so, take. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say. So it almost sounds like you sort of look at guys in recruiting them with sort of an eye on development, yeah. which I guess makes it when you have somebody like Chris Wilcox who's coming into their senior year, you would maybe appreciate that a little bit more. That- yeah, man, it's it's it's, um, it, it's 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 a great feeling to see to see a kid come in from day one who has never played corner before in his in his life, <laughs> you know, to um, possibly this year being his senior year and. Um, in my opinion, if he plays the way that um, he finished last year, he would he would definitely be a guy who can play at the next level. When I hear you talk, I hear you're Ed Lamb. And you know, you worked with him at SUU. And <laughs> your guys' development program, he's had draft picks out of SUU. And that is just incredible in its own right. Is that kind of you taking that same mentality when it comes to finding this talent for the cornerback position in particular? You know what, yeah. Um, 
for me, yes, because it's similar recruiting wise. Okay. You know, yeah. we couldn't we couldn't get the best FCS players at Southern Utah. Yeah. You know, um, not even the best in-state players mm-hmm. fighting against Weber. Yes. You know, um, but here I know I, I know I'm not gonna get the best corners fighting against everybody across the country. But um, but with the school, the academics, um, the coaching staff. Just the people here, the way you be treated, um, the, the the degree, the schedule, everything kind of li- aligns um, aligns up for for them and their parents to want them here. Um, so we kind of beat out a lot of schools for certain kids because because of that reason. You you can talk the talk. So you walk the walk. I guess you, you say about BYU. You came here. You thrived here. You as a guy who wasn't a member of the church, all that different stuff. How much does that help you when you go out and talk to these guys who are African American, not members of the church, and say, "Okay, you can do it here." You know what? It, it it helps drastically, um, especially with the parents. Okay. Um, because honestly, um, kids you just want a chance to play football. Yeah. They want like, coach, I just want to play. You know, yeah. um, I want to play D one football. <laughs> parents usually have the real question. Education. Um, yeah, you know, okay. from the education, how you be treated, um, what's your experiences and stuff. Like that. So um, when I when I go into a, a, a home and do a home visit, that's when the questions are usually asked, and that's when um, the real conversations are usually had. Um, kind of when the parents talk a little bit um, that way. You know. What do you have like a certain aspect of your experience here that you, that you rely on more than others? Does that make sense? Like, you know what. Majority of the parents ask me um, my experience here, my experiences here, as far as um, if, it, if there were any racial racial okay. tensions. To, yeah. to be honest, yes, okay. Um, and I, I, I tell everybody this: um, for me, I'll, I'm the kind of person, I'm the kind of, of of man I was raised. If if I had any, if I had any um, anything negative happen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have brought my family back here. Gotcha. Point blank. Period. I mean, it's, it's not a job that important to me in in America to, for me to bring my family into a spot where I thought it would, I would put them in harm as well. Gotcha. Um, so that's what I always, always tell the parents. I mean, I can care less where the job was. It, it could have been at, at Alabama. If I didn't feel my my family would be in, in safe hands and in, in, in a safe environment, the job wouldn't be that that, that important to me. So. That's kind of what I, I, I always tell parents. I mean, I mean, I tell them. I mean, it's going to be racial stuff everywhere. I don't care where you're at. I mean, it, I mean, it's it is what it is, you know. Um, but at, at the same time, I mean, I tell them I've never witnessed anything or anything that drastic to where I, I feel that my ten-year-old son is being harmed. Well, you know. Last thing for me, you have two junior college guys coming in this class. For a group that would seem quite deep on paper, why bring two junior college guys? Does that make sense? Why do you add those two in the next level? Um, you know, because a, a lot of guys are in the same class. Okay. Um, and we, we felt that we need to kind of spread it out a little bit. Um, and we had some depth, depth issues last year, um, especially against the last game of the season, yeah. you know, yes. Utah. Um, we had some, some depth issues. So I, I felt like we can add a, a little more depth to where if guys get nicked up or get injured, we'll, we'll have guys to kind of step up and step in and replace them. Um, so um, for me, I, I can never have enough enough solid guys to, to come in and play. Um, so it'll be a chance for them to come in and battle um, and, 
it also puts pressure on our guys who are, who are here now to, to let them know like nothing's nothing's going to come easy. You better you better grind every single day, um, and that's that's what I like. I like I like for it to be competition every day. So I mean, those who who don't don't work as hard, it's going to show up. And, it is what it is. <laughs> there you go, Gennaro Guilford, and thank him for taking the time. You can tell he's high on his, his position group, but he has high aspirations and expectations for them as well. Also cool to hear him talk about how he goes about recruiting. He's a guy who was a non-member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, came to BYU, had to leave BYU at one point, came back, went on to star for BYU, of course had that incredible interception to seal a win over Utah. Just a fantastic player and has been a great ambassador ambassador for BYU and he's a great recruiter in that regard because he can speak to have done doing what he's asking guys to do at BYU. Uh, we talked about the BYU basketball program and have all of their coaches are members of the church but did not play at BYU. Gennaro walked the walk, talked the talk at BYU. He's been through it all. So when he walks into a recruit's home and talks to the parents as he said about uh, being a non-member going to a, a school that's sponsored by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints he can speak to it and say, hey, guys can thrive here even if you're not a member. And he can speak to it because, as I just said, he's walked the walk in doing that. So it's a great ambassador to have, a great recruiter to have on the staff. And Gennaro Guilford, I expect BYU's cornerbacks to really take a step forward and really have an impact this coming season. We'll see how Chris Wilcox's health is going into fall camp, etc. But there are plenty of other options on the roster, it appears, that could contribute for BYU at cornerback. All right, we'll step aside once again here. Final timeout on today's podcast come back on the other side need to get to our church and state player countdown series we're talking about uh, fullback slash tight end slash h-back kyle griffiths on today's podcast we'll get to that in in a moment right here on locked on cougars all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during march your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. as we close out today's edition of the podcast wanted to get to our church and state player countdown series we are 42 days away from BYU BYU and Utah playing in the Holy War game uh, we had a kerfuffle with that also last week with my suggestion to change it to church and state but I actually had a good suggestion that came in said okay we still call it the Holy War game because it is a singular event each year but we can call it the church and state rivalry I like that compromise. Let me know what you guys think. You can follow the show on social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can drop us an email at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Happy to have you guys weigh in. We're also looking for mailbag questions. If you have questions about BYU football, basketball, or any other BYU athletics-related questions, send us send them to us. We'll get to them on tomorrow's podcast if we have any come in. Still looking for a few of those to come in and get some answers answered for you to my 
to the best of my ability. All right, let's talk about number 42, Kyle Griffiths. Officially listed as a tight end on BYU's roster entering the 2019 season. Formerly was listed as a fullback. Six foot three, 230 pound junior from Windermere, Florida. Uh, Played for West Orange High School along with his brother. Uh, They're twins. His brother is a quarterback, Hayden Griffiths on BYU's roster. But Kyle Griffiths, similar to Darius McFarland, who we talked about a couple of days ago, has an opportunity to here to make an impression as an H-back and see what he can do. He has served a mission... He served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Comodoro Riva, Riva de Villa, Argentina. That's quite the name there. And he's expected to make an impact this year. I would expect that Darius McFarland is your number one fullback slash H-back slash pseudo tight end on the depth chart with Griffiths backing him up. I like what Griffiths can do. He played with his brother there at West Orange High School, was a great athlete in high school, and they both walked on at BYU. Kind of lifelong dream for them to play for the Cougars. I believe they're following father also yeah their father did play at BYU so they have they've made he's made quite an impression I think in his time at BYU he's very active on social media having good times with his teammates he's all over the place hanging out with them he's grown his hair out a little bit this summer and it looks great I think it's and he's kept it within the standards for BYU we talked about this that you have to keep it above your collar and off your ears and whatnot he's done a good job avoiding it but he's still grown his hair out and it looks pretty good so Kyle Griffiths number 42 in our church and state player countdown series we continue to get you ready for BYU BYU and Utah kicking off the season on August 29th. Excited for football to be here. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Please follow the show on social media. Also, give us a good rating and review on your podcatcher of choice Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast app. Whatever you use, please give us a favorable rating and review. It really does help the podcast continue to grow in popularity. We're 11 months into this venture, we're going to be hitting the year mark next month in the middle of fall camp. That's an exciting thing, and it's been a fantastic uh, addition, I think, to BYU sports fans' daily rotation. Hopefully you guys find it of worth. I know a lot of people people have expressed their uh, admiration for what we do with this podcast, and I thank you guys for your support of the podcast each and every day. It's a blast to bring it to you guys. All right, we will catch you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back on a Friday edition of the podcast, and of course, like I said, next week, really getting diving into fall camp, storylines, previews, etc., so stay tuned for that as well. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked on Cougars for July 18th, 2019. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.